Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the android bartender, Alessandro Bielsi. I'll take it. I was a fan of that character. <laughs> the flick of this week is going to be uh, Passengers, but first, Al, what are we drinking? It's something special. Something pretty special. It's a treat. Something special delivered in a special way. I tried to take it, but Al insisted we share it. Uh, yeah, no, you weren't allowed to have the whole thing. Um, it's too much for you for one episode. Um, especially considering we had some... Tell me I can't hold my liquor? Yes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, also... I'm not um, going to fight you on it. <laughs> we, 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 had some, uh, we had some pre-show libations, which you seem to be a fan we of. We did. Okay, so uh, prior to the beer that we're getting into, I got to actually have the beer that Al drank last week. Was it last week? Well, it depends on when we air this episode. But it was last week. As yeah, right it was last week. It was Al's Amber Ale. Yes, the quadrilogy. Um, the quadrilogy, as it were. And uh, I got a chance to drink that before this episode, and good God, was that delicious. And not only was it delicious, hats off to my cousin here, because this was the first time that I said that the beer could have been handed to me in a glass, and I would not have known that he made it. It tasted as it would come out of a mass-produced can, somebody that really knew what they were doing. Well done. Thank you, sir. And cheers to you for that. Cheers. Um, I'm going to walk away temporarily because I made a little bit of mess. I'm just going to grab some paper towels. This is great. So you just talk a little bit. I'll be So um, I'm sitting here while Al gets his paper towel, and I'm staring at these two gigantic mugs. They look like they could hold close to a liter of beer. It's a, a half liter. It's a half liter? Yeah. Okay. That was deceiving then. Um, it's a half liter of beer. <laughs> thanks to the man off stage um, <laughs> and it's like so appetizing and has like I mean it's got too much of a head right now I, but I it still it, it still looks delicious he poured, poured, it, he poured it for the sound effects I did I poured it aggressively for the you sound effects like we, we have to you know we take a hit every once in a while yeah. with these, uh, it's fine. The head's these studio down. quality sound effects that we produce for the opening of the show so first let's talk about the, I don't think I actually mentioned the. Beer you didn't mention it uh, so what we have this week is fan favorite <laughs> don't, don't do that either don't slide that across the table. I know, you really Al, don't like that. Al's not monitoring this episode. I have the headphones on, and uh, that was loud. Oh, sorry. I thought you were worried because of the when you thought I was like throwing no, no. your beer across the table before, like I did that. <laughs> don't get me wrong. That's my primary concern. <laughs> the second concern is the listener's ears. Yeah, I was not thinking um, about it because, as you said, I'm not plugged in this episode. More specifically, your brother's friend, Brian? Yes. We don't want to blow his speakers out again. No, it wasn't Brian. No, no, it oh, was. Brian was one of them. Yes. <laughs> Friend of the podca- podcast, Josh uh, Arcaro, also ruined actual speakers. That's funny. Like, completely. Like, his work speakers are done. So anyway, this is favorite of the show, favorite of the fans, favorite of us, Newber Brewing's Lager Boss. So I believe we did Gigaboss once. Mm. Um Newber Brewing has their line of boss beers. Was it, wasn't Gigaboss, there was another one we did too. Right. We've done a couple of their beers, but of the their boss line, they have Giga Boss, Mega Boss, and Nano Boss. Right. Okay. Giga Boss is their double IPA. Mega Boss is their IPA, and Nano Boss is a pale ale. They're all within the same family of beers. Right. Strength and IBUs are greater with each one that goes up. You're an Plus IBU. <laughs> I cannot be an IBU. I'm sorry, I just looked off screen and that bastard was dancing in my peripheral vision. So. Um, <laughs> I, I may have mentioned it on air before. I don't remember. Um, I usually throw on the TV and I just mute it um, in the it. background, like especially when me and Anthony are Skyping episodes. We happen to be doing our first face-to-face recording in quite some time, which is nice um, since the Easter It's good episode. to have. It's good to have. 
Um, so we have um, get back second, to our roots. The second Austin Powers on uh, in my basement while we're sitting here. Love it. So um, I have for us the Logger Boss. They made a logger and they dry hopped it like they do with their IPA series. You gotta love that dry hop. Yeah, um, and the reason that we did this one and it was somewhat special is because Anthony has told me in the past that he's become a huge fan of IPAs that have citra hops in them. Woo! <laughs> so when I saw that the Lager Boss, which was very recently released, had citra hops in it, I sent him a picture of the release. My mouth is watering as you okay, speak. Okay, we'll take a sip. We'll take Can a sip we cheers we'll on going. this? Thank you. I'm going to sit here and listen to you. Oh, good God, that's so good. <laughs> oh, it's the stuff. This beer. <laughs> and we had Heavy Topper. Mm-hmm. This beer is my favorite that we've done on the show. Wow, okay. Okay. So better than... Let that simmer. Better than, better than Al's <laughs> Ambriel? Lo- <laughs> I didn't do that on the show. You did that on the show. Well, to be fair, have, I was having scotch. We did it on the show, and now I, you drank it. Not, so. to, not, to knock, not to knock yours down a peg at all. No, they're professionals. But these I are, was just putting you they, in a- this, is, this is the beer that I like. This is the exact type of beer that I love. Can you pick out the citra hop? Because yes. I'm about to tell Either you... Either that or some citrusy hop. I'm about to tell you <laughs> the hops in it, and there are many. Uh, more different varieties of hops than you'll typically see in a beer. Oh, it's so good. I'm so, gonna, the Lager Boss... I'm drinking that too quick. It's, it's really good, right? Oh, it's so you have delicious. a full pint. It's a 32-ounce... Oh, before, we'll talk about the vessel, too, which is special. I wanted to do something that was going to be... It's fantastic. ...kind of surprising to Anthony, but there wasn't... I was thinking about it before we actually got into it, and there wasn't really a great way to do the whole pour thing and do our thing where we talk about it and also show him the surprise. So, I, I showed him what we had before. So... It comes in what uh, they're calling. I don't know if they actually came up with the name or not. You're stroking the beer. <laughs> it's weird. It's so good. It is really sexually oh, charged how you're stroking that beer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Newport. There was the beer fest. I want this beer. I want to be inside this beer. I want this beer inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> beer fest is a great. It's a great movie too. So they have uh, equipment for doing on the spot canning. Um, but what I have in my hand is not a 12-ounce can. It's not a 16-ounce can. It's not a 22-ounce can. It's a 32-ounce can. Um, it's a can that's kind of like a growler. So they it's out of it. control. A crowler. Um, they literally made this can of beer in front of me. Um, and then they stuck a sweet little uh, name tag thing on it. You know, like when you go to like a convention for work and they give you the hello, my name is. Well, this says, hello, my name is Logger Boss. Pleasure to meet you. And I showed this to Anthony, and he... I almost lost it. He embraced it like it was a newborn child. I did hold it like an infant. You did. There was a point. <laughs> which is... Yeah. But uh, I want to actually give you a, a quick fun fact about a, about a can this size that I once had. Um, not a beer, but a Rockstar energy drink. Now, <laughs> a 32 ounce Rockstar? Yeah, by myself. Oh. Um, and I used to work at the pizzeria Friday nights. The pizzeria that is where the spinchoon came from um on friday nights uh from like 4 to 11 and then i used to work saturdays uh 11 to 11 12 hour shift and i drank one of these friday night near when we were closing now back in the day when i used to work at the pizzeria on friday nights we would always go to the movie theater afterwards Mm. we would go see the late show whatever was out that week we saw a lot of garbage we saw a lot of great things but we were like it was like almost religious like we were there every friday night 
it'd be other uh, my cousin Marie that used to work with me my friends and stuff we would all we would all go I actually didn't realize that Marie worked oh, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised I just I didn't yeah. know for a fact yeah, family business um, so we, I drank one of these went to the movies don't remember what I saw went from the movies to the beach to play soccer because nice. we did this in the middle of the night sometimes usually on Saturday after my long shift played beach uh, played soccer on the beach stayed up really got home took a shower Went to work. <laughs> Did not sleep. Excellent. That's a lot of rock star. Yeah, it is. Crashed um, real quick into that day. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm, we had I'm more guessing you probably waiting. had to have another one. Oh, yeah. they were. That's where um, one of my dad's friends brought them to the pizzeria, so there was more there. Fantastic. Yeah. Not good for you, but no, fantastic. No, no, no. I'm actually, I'm very surprised my heart didn't explode. I'm pretty sure it said on the can not to do what I did. What, drink all of it? Yeah. I feel like saving that would be gross. No, I think you're supposed to share it. Weird. I'm pretty sure a standard size can of that is more than enough for a single human being. Rockstar, general <laughs> Rockstar. Yeah, I, I realize. Wasted. <laughs> Rockstar, gigantic energy drink. Share the heart heart attack. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So anyway, it's to like finish drinking up, the Kool Aid. Finish up. <laughs> finishing up our beer talk on the Lager Boss. It's 5.8 percent alcohol by volume. It's a dry hop lager. It has Middlefra, Herzbrucker. Cascade, Eureka, I almost called it Eureka, Eureka, Citra, and Lemon Drop hops. That's six type of hops. Uh, it says that it has notes of citrus and tropical fruits, subtle spices, and light bread notes. It's the lager member of the Boss family. It's so good. It's so good. It's really good. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. You've done it again, Newberg. I, I really enjoy this. I, I mean, I got to have it um, this week because this was the, the release of this week. And I said, okay, I had it. It's awesome. Anthony's coming over this weekend. Give me a crowler. Oh, man, why don't we just go there tonight? <laughs> got a table in the back, record the episode at the bar. Uh, well, they have live music on Saturday nights. Um, they close at Great. 12. They close at 12. So um, it's 1.30 in the morning. So I don't know how the it's recording. It's 1.30? Yeah. When did that happen? Well, we, we fiddled around for a while when we came in, and then with setting up the recording on my computer instead of yours, because we're we, down a man. We had random leftovers. We had random leftovers. I was watching, what was I watching? 16 Candles with your sister, who apparently has better movie taste than you. Um, that's not true. It's not. Uh, it's, it's factually not true. <laughs> it's just a, it is just the fact that Al has not seen any Molly Ringworld. Wow. That did not. No, those words didn't happen. Nope. You know what I'm trying to say. He Real hasn't old. seen. Yeah, he hasn't seen those films. And uh, that's, that's a that's a crying shame. And I think that's a John Cryer shame. That's what I was, uh, I was I just going to say. But I, I was going to let you finish your thought. And... I think we should we should binge those films and we should just do a single John Hughes episode. Hard pass. I think that would be fun. <laughs> We're going to do that. It's going to happen. Hard pass. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> that's. Now we're getting into Ninja Turtles territory. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it didn't really seem to be on topic there. <laughs> yeah, so between the random leftovers, and I had some homemade breakfast sausage. I had some homemade French toast with challah bread. I had, uh... Challah? No. Challah bread. Challah bread. Um, you got to put the into it. You do. Um, I had a little bit of leftover uh, black bean and corn salsa, whatever. 
with uh, avocado and shit. It was good. And then we watched um, most of Tour de Pharmacy while setting up the episode. There was so. a significant amount of that that like, we watched. Like 40 of the 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Um, but we're here. Stuff. We are. And um, we're going to record on a different movie. A movie that came out a few months ago. We're going to do that, Passengers. We Yeah, we're going to do... Uh, wait a... Steamroll me, but uh, steamrolled. You're, you're done. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna do passengers. I just can... figured out how to scroll on your computer with the trackpad. Can you actually do it? Because yeah. it defeated me two for fingers. the longest time. Two fingers, but you have the the scroll the opposite the way that I had it, which is why I can't figure couldn't figure it out at first. But we're good. Hmm. Passengers. <laughs> passengers came out 2016, not that long ago. Was it November or something like that? Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh December 21st. There you go. So, um, plot of this film, something that I've been doing recently is reading the plot off directly from IMDb, giving credit where credit is due. Uh, A spacecraft traveling at... A spacecraft traveling to a distant colony planet and transporting thousands of people has a malfunction in its sleep chambers. As a result, two passengers are awakened 90 years later. Now, here is exactly where I want to start. Can we... Before we start, can we stop? We could. Uh, it's, oh, they're awakened 90 years early, not 90 years Did later. Did I say late? I just stopped looking at the screen. You said 90 years later? <laughs> 90 years early. Whatever. Well, they're pretty We're diving right in. Here's the, here's the thing. That is what all of the marketing material, obviously this um, this quick like two-liner plot would have you believe. This, mov- this movie was very different to me than what it was marketed to me as. Um, in some ways, yes. In other ways, no. I will say yeah. that this synopsis did a better job than the one... What was the one that we did recently that you were like... Baby Driver. This yeah. Remember, you were like, this is basically not what the movie's about at all. Right. This did a much better job yeah. giving you no, that, a slice so, of what it was so about. So here's the thing. Um, it, when you see the... Tr- when you watch the trailers and the coming attractions of this movie, like, it would seem as if these two people wake up together out of thousands of people and that there's some bigger kind of weird thing at play. Something something they, not right. They definitely marketed it as if, as if there was some sort of conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. And and you don't they, you don't get that. It, it is good. It ends up being well, better in my opinion. Second, I'm not going to go into it. Well, like, well cause we're even getting into the point where we almost should say spoilers. We're, we're so. not going to. I'm not going to say what it is yet. I'm just saying. Well, because if anyone hadn't seen it and are listening here, no, that's um, fine. No, actually, this is this is important because I actually think that the plot that I was getting from the trailers would be reason that people wouldn't see it because it just feels very generic. It's just like conspiracy. Well, okay, space movie check, right? Conspiracy check, like like just like they're just going through this list of like let's take good things from movies that make them good and make our own. But there was something a little bit better going on in the plot here, and I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna stop guess, there before going into sports. Okay, that's fair. I was say yeah, you're right. The way it was, it was marketed more as a sci-fi thriller, mm-hmm. and while there was thriller aspects to this movie, it's really more in the final act. Uh, it's much more a movie that's contemplative of the human experience and mm-hmm. how we are and how we're perceived and how we perceive ourselves and what life would be like without the governing strictures of society. Right. Um, while also realizing that on the back end, it's almost like if we examined Tom Hanks and Castaway, not his survival alone, right? but as if 
he had to worry in the back of his mind that at some point I'm going to be saved and people are going to judge how I survived. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you you, you, yeah. you kind of get what I'm saying with that? Yeah. Um, and that was something I kind of picked up on, like, as I was thinking about the movie after watching it, realizing kind of there's a little bit of parallel between that, the whole thing of someone being, like, marooned alone and one's pure struggle to survive and the other one's struggle to survive, but also realizing that he's definitely going to be judged for how he survived right. at some point down the line. Which is an interesting kind of curveball to that sort yeah. of trope. It was... It, it's just... A, it's a, it's really well done. I I, enjoy, I thought going in, I was like, I'm going to like this movie. And I thought that thinking what I like had said previously about the plot. Like, I'll be fine with it. I'll still enjoy it. I love Chris Pratt. That's that's yeah. that's easy. Jennifer Lawrence, love her too. Like this movie's gonna be good for me. I don't care. But then when it became what it actually is, which we will get into, just not not just yet. I I enjoyed it even more, and I'm I'm very happy with where it went. <coughs> it's funny because when I first saw the very first like the, the teaser, you know, mm-hmm. like the I was intrigued. I was interested. I was like, okay, like that looks like something that could be kind of cool. Uh, and then I saw more, and I started to hear stuff, and it really turned me off from the idea of watching it, and I. I read some stuff um, that were minorly spoiler mm-hmm. for me, but I knew it going in. Like it wasn't like a, I, I chose. I made the choice to read because um, there was some social commentary surrounding the movie, um, and that's something actually I want to get into a little bit. It's gonna be kind of a touchy subject for us to talk about in general, okay? Because there's an important social aspect, which I'm sure you know. I think we may have even briefly mentioned it a couple months ago, like not on air, just you and me were talking. Yeah. Um, so I want to get into that a little bit. Um, but by the time I finally I, see, the funny thing is, I thought you had already seen it. I remember you no. mentioned it a few times. I've been wanting to, wanting see it to do an while, episode yeah. on it. I thought you had already seen it, and that was why. So I finally was like, I just saw that it was going to be on one of the movie channels mm-hmm. the other day, and I was like, well, I don't have time to sit down and watch it now. So I just hit the record thing. I actually forgot about it. And then the other night, I was just sitting down. And I like brought up the list to see like what I have on the DVR. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I got time for that now. Let's sit down and watch it. And I ultimately ended up enjoying the movie. Um, definitely not perfect, uh, but I liked it. Yeah, I I liked a lot I of things. Thoroughly about it. enjoyed it. I and like I said, I just I I did end up enjoying it more than I thought. I knew going in I was gonna like it. Like I said, but I I did come out of it thinking like I would watch this movie again. I was moved by a lot of things that happened in the movie. Yeah, and I you should feel should feel some things during this movie. Yeah, and that that is a big credit to our two leading actors in the film yeah and also i think to the, to the people who made it too yeah. there was some some score stuff that the, you know they kind of properly mm-hmm. nudged you in the right direction with the music and there was writing and directing choices that definitely surprised me for like a big budget like kind of quote-unquote action movie Let, let's actually talk about that for a second um yeah we, talked we about looked up for two seconds right before yeah we started. right before we started we looked up the writer and director of this film and uh because we realized that we didn't know who directed it right <laughs> for the for the director we had it's morton tildum i Looks believe like is how you would pronounce he's, his name he's norwegian um so that, that's good and he's the good he's person. the director of the imitation game and which, now, did you see that which i loved it was fantastic I've seen that movie, movie. 15 times. Tremendous. Which is incredible because the movie came out like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, it's been on the movie channels a lot. Uh, I saw it in theaters when it came out. It was my, it was what I was rooting for for Best Picture and everything and at the time it came out. Ex- respectable. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize it was the same guy. I realized it was weird for that movie, like how invested in, in that movie was that, that one that I actively was rooting for to win. And 
uh, that I didn't know who directed it. Um, right. I love that movie. Plus, it, I learned it, a shit ton from it. <laughs> it was yeah, it was excellent. And then on what you know coincides right with that was the writer of this film, um, John. Spates? Sure, why not? Is that how you would say that? Um, writer of Doctor Strange, which is, there's your, uh, your there's a connection there, right? Or one for of you, them, at least. Right? Uh, <laughs> with uh, Cumberbatch? It's true. Which is kind of cool. I didn't, uh, I didn't know, any, I didn't realize that these two had been, were involved in the movie. I didn't know much about them prior to looking them up, you know, right before we started. Uh, he's he had, wrote um, Prometheus, Passengers, Doctor Strange. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Uh, the New Mummy. He's had a bit of a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, Two good movies, two not good movies. <laughs> yeah, fair, but um, yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. Anyway, just wanna just wanna bring those those people up. I wanna I wanna get into the movie, um, and no, I wanna no talk. About, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about, um, and there's like I feel like for each topic, like half of it you can talk about without going into spoilers, but it would just be very just broken up. So yeah. we're going in. So at this point, going forward. If you haven't seen the movie and you are interested, see this movie. Yeah, no, like, it's good. And it's, it's it's made its way. It's on Redbox. It's, it's on. Yeah, it's accessible. <laughs> you it's can accessible. get it. You can get it. It's not. You don't have to go looking too far. Um, it's on the movie channels. So I had mentioned, as I had mentioned, the movie is not what I thought it was going to be. I yeah, I was, was going to say, was gonna say going into to, that right away. I was say, we, is, we have to go because you can't. A lot. Of, most of the things we're talking about in this movie are in some way tied to plot. Absolutely. So and the biggest reveal in this movie when I'm watching it is that when the movie starts off and you're on this ship and the ship is floating through space and it's going to this destination, they hit an asteroid field, one of the pods gets up, opens up. One of the pods, not two, one. I was marketed this movie that both of these pods open at the same time. See, it's funny. One of them opens. Spoiler territory at this point. There's a lot to unpack and just in that right now. Yeah. One, I was... I you like, you unpack that while I just indulge in this I, beer. I really like it. It's so good. Like, you're drinking it. You're going to have to hold on to yours, because I'm, I'm going to steal it from you. slide it quietly farther away from you. Because <laughs> I was yelled at for sliding it across the table. That's fine. Um, I was sold on it, seeming like it was some sort of conspiracy that the two of them yeah, woke up. Yeah, absolutely. We find out in the first 90 seconds that it's not a conspiracy. At least that... Chris Pratt. Oh wait, because yes. there's a real technical thing. You watch the asteroid field happen. You watch the systems rebalance. You watch the whole thing happen. You understand why his pod opens. It's like okay, we got the answer to that mystery really quick. So something else with the whole thing. There's something I realized. The way that they shot, or the way that they mixed that trailer up. In the trailer, you see Andy Garcia leading a group of people walking through a door with purpose. Mm-hmm. That's in the final 90 seconds yeah, of the movie. So it looked... And the way they're walking through and the way the music's playing in the trailer, it looks like people are going to war in that fucking ship. Like, they're fighting over control very, of the very, ship. Yeah. Literally could not have been any farther nope. from the truth. Uh, and we've talked in the past about trailers lying to you. Yeah. Um, this is a different breed, though. This is... this. It's almost manipulative. Yeah. Um, which... Kind of annoys me, but also may have enhanced slightly my viewing of the movie. I think it did. I, I, I definitely think it did for me because I went in expecting something and I got something way better than what I had set out to watch. Which that's what I'm saying because it exceeded that mm-hmm. is a positive, but also I don't like being outright lied to by the trailer. Sure. Um, so, and then there's also the whole thing of so we find out 
that he's the one pod awoken. Now, I was aware... I speculated for a while that there was going to be something to do with how he was open, she was open. I, I had a feeling that was where I was going well before the movie came out. Before I saw the movie, I had that spoiled for me, but it didn't bother me because I was already pretty heavily assuming it at that point. Right. Um, and understanding that the nature of his loneliness being what... That was not a surprise to me. If I was experiencing it for the first time without it having spoilers to me, it would not have been even close to a surprise to me. Um, but I was thrown by the fact that I saw a bunch of people in the trailer, then I was hearing, it's just the two of them the entire movie, and I was like, well, someone's lying, because mm-hmm. even if it's not much, we see a bunch of people walking around on the ship. So it's clearly not only them. Now, obviously, we're like 95% just the two of them, or just the one of them, whatever. Um when we go into it a little bit later, there's something I want to talk about with the final act of the movie when they're trying to go through the stuff. But I don't want to talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like that whole thing of like, oh, I was sold on one thing and then right. it was, we find out... Like there's like three major swings in oh, how yeah, you looked at absolutely. it. Absolutely. That, that, that was how I interpreted it. I don't know if there was even... There might have even been more for you. Mm-hmm. Was there any like more weird swings to that? Um, I... As we go through, as we go through the movie, we'll we'll get into it. I, it's just like there's, I, I can't I I can only say like I didn't know I didn't know what I was I thought I knew what I was getting into, but I didn't, and that's like, that's the beauty of it. And I I love where it came out, and I will this is this is rewatchable for me. I, I'm okay with a movie that is so excellent that I wouldn't put in again. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that movie. I would watch this movie again. I thoroughly enjoyed it because there's a lot to this movie. There's the 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 movie itself. I mean, if if it's just the plot and whatever, then maybe it's only a one time watch. The performances in this movie make this movie rewatchable. Definitely. Um, Chris Pratt, Andy Dwyer, <laughs> right? That's that's who, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of him, and that is I love him so much for that because he's so funny. I know. I, I love that show. Hysterical. It was funny that you know because we since we both watch a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows, it's funny when one of us loves whatever property mm-hmm. and tries to get the other to watch something. And that was one that I had watched like yeah. three times through before you really got into the meat of the show. Absolutely. And I remember like watching you growing to love Andy or growing to love Ron or whatever on that show. Like that's one right. that sticks out for me. You know. Absolutely. And but here's the thing though. You get him alone for, like, 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes of the movie, about? Well, it's him alone and or him with Michael Sheen, who Which we're we'll, going to have we'll to talk get, about. We'll get to him, but... Real, but Twice we've talked about Michael Sheen briefly in the last couple of weeks. He's an android. Effectively, he is alone for 30 minutes of the movie, acting on his own, and it is insane. The, the emotion that he takes you through, there's... You're laughing... You are feeling for him. You're scared for him. Everything. Like, you go through the whole... You, you run the gamut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's... Like, it's if, he, you, if he needs to audition for a role, it's like, just just send them this first <laughs> 30 minutes because he can clearly do anything. That's yeah. that's how I feel. Like, he's he has made his way to the very top of my favorite actors' lists. And, like, he's locked in now with this film. It's funny because I saw bits... In this movie, of all of his roles, mm-hmm. that's probably because you focus on him so much. Mm-hmm. There is the Andy kind of slapstick humor, yep. way toned down, but you see 
bits of that. I even see bits of him. And sometimes not, whether, whether it's a smirk yeah. or some other, like, physical but considering acting. considering he wasn't, it, like, stupid like Andy was, yeah. <laughs> it's toned down. Right. Um, there's bits of him in Moneyball, the kind of quiet, unsure, not, I don't know how to handle this situation. Yeah. There's the bravado that you got from him in Jurassic World, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's bits of all of those roles in this performance, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool, That where it's like I can see the growth. And it's funny how many things, like, even, like, knowing that he was really... What he's famous for, what he cut his teeth on, was Parks and Rec, and he was on there for a long time, and the show started in was 2009 or 2010. Um... But I just stumbled on him something on, on him in a bit role in something recently that was before those. Moneyball was at around the same time as when those came out, um, and he had a decent bit of a role, and he was in some other things, I guess, kind of back then. But the earliest role I've seen him in, I was just I happened to catch ten minutes of Wanted. Oh right, <laughs> he's the one his girlfriend's yeah. cheating on him with, yeah. who he works with. Uh huh. And. Oh, wow, that's funny. Yeah, I I didn't realize it was him. I was watching it, and I was like, they got into... Yeah, I I know what you're looking (laughs) at. Yeah, I was watching, and I was like, it comes to the scene where he's fully into his training, and he's, like, James McAvoy's fully into his training, and he's he's starting to push back, and he's winning, and, like, Mm -hmm. fighting, and stuff like that, and he's learning, and he's gaining confidence, and he has to go back to his apartment his old apartment to get the gun that was left in there or whatever. Yeah. Angelina Jolina gave J- Angelina Jolina. Jolina. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just flowed right off the tongue. And he walks in. So those damn Citra hops. It's the Citra hops. I catch every time. No, it's the Eureka hops. Yeah. Those urethra hops. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and the girlfriend's yelling at him and, or he opens the door and it was like, I was like, I feel like his, the, guy who's in the scene is someone but i don't remember who it is and he opened the door was like oh my god it's chris pratt <laughs> yes that's great um so you get hit so like i said you get his range of acting in this first like every i feel like everything that he can do or you need to do as an actor he was able to pull off in that 30 minutes um when he's there's the scene where he goes out onto the rim of the ship and he, you know, he jumps off, and he's got, the, he's tethered, and he comes back in, and then he's, he goes through, he and he he sheds a tear, rolls mm-hmm. down his face, and it's beautiful. And then he goes inside, and he takes the suit off, and he stands in the airlock, and he's about to open it again. He's gonna kill himself. Which real design flaw? That you could just do that? Yes. Yeah. Very, uh, agreed. That was something that, in the moment while I was watching it, broke immersion for me uh, because there was a few things. Where I was like, okay, like some obstacles that he, like, that seems unrealistic. But then there was other things I was like, that seems like a normal failsafe. That right. The reason why that would stop him. The fact that he was able to walk into the airlock without any sort of suit and pull the airlock thing. Very strange. Huge design flaw. Yeah, especially when everything else is like so perfect or yes. whatever. Right. But here's I'm what just saying made... it, it broke immersion for me. Like, I completely agree. I, I get that. But the, what saves it is his acting in this scene because no, I had a, I didn't have a problem with that. It was just it was I, I, the technical I, aspect. Yeah, we're gonna get to the technical aspect, but the, but because <clears throat> when he's when he's ready to like he's about to kill himself, and you're like, 
you feel so bad for him in this moment. Like he is, he is completely and utterly alone. Oh, definitely no. Right? You, like, and you're when like you're watching his hand hover over. Yeah, the you're ship, like hit, I'm like I get it. Hit that button. I agree with. I get you. it. Like you know, like, well, I, you agree I, with I'm him so sorry. Like, like I, I get it. Yeah, I can say. Now, I think what could have made that scene even better is if there were a failsafe in place. Yes. And he hits the button and it doesn't well, open and he just breaks the fuck down. Like I feel like that would. I don't know if it would be better, but I'm interested by it. I want to. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, I wouldn't have necessarily hated it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think it just... I think his acting trumps the issue with... If they had shot that either way, I was kind of... Well, again, for me, I was like, there's no way this is allowed, <laughs> There's right? another flaw in, like, that, like, in that room. When though. they were doing it, I was like, he's going to end up doing it and it's not going to work, right? Because we have common sense mm-hmm. and like, we're not just going to let someone without a suit... In an open, it, it wasn't even like the airlock. You know, it would have been one thing if the airlock door behind him closed first and locked. Then I would have got it, but it was just open to the ship. Oh, that I didn't notice. I think that I didn't notice. I just <clears throat> thought you meant the fact that like it could detect that he was in the room, so he shouldn't. Have it should have been able to, to detect yeah. it. It should have been able to detect that all the suits were still in there. Right. Yeah. All that. Things. That I get. But I think that the door, like. I don't. W- <laughs> that would be a problem. I don't. I don't. Re- I didn't realize that the door was open. I, I, think I didn't it was. think it was. But there's actually a, there was another flaw in that room, and we'll get to that later. Okay. I, I wrote it down so that I won't forget. But we'll talk about it like down the road when we get towards the end of the movie. My notes are a little bit more sparse. But uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so <laughs> I wish we caught that on on air. You get what our conversation with the notes. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> what did you even say? I said I've got some good notes. Yeah, you're like I have a bunch of good notes, and I said. I have notes. And I... <laughs> Al's ale... Almost went spewing out of his did, mouth and nose. It did come out of my nose. <laughs> that explains the tears. Yeah, there was a little bit of tear, and there was a little bit of, of beer in the, in the nostrils. Stings the nostrils, <laughs> as it were. Um, so you get you get Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Pratt's range of acting there, and here's what's immediately apparent to me. He is one hysterical human being. He's yeah. very funny. Mm-hmm. I want to see Vince Gilligan use him in something. Okay. I mean, he might be too big now. I don't care. Let's get Vince Vince Gilligan up there then. Although, <laughs> you're just bringing that up in our conversations and all that just reminded me. I, I told you earlier that I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm tonight. Mm-hmm. The third episode of that show, if you know anything about the show, for anyone who hasn't watched it, I'm not doing too big of a spoiler here because it was very early in the show and that show started almost, like, what, 15 years ago? That was a long time ago. Um, We're beyond the statute of limitations yeah. for uh, spoilers. So, the episode starts with him having to call back someone who he forgot to call back, Larry David. Okay. Um, and he accidentally dials the number right below it, and he dials someone that he's an acquaintance with, Gil. He's played golf with him a few times. Okay. And his wife asks, like, well, who is Gil? I don't like, why is his name even in, like, the phone book or whatever? He's like, oh, yeah, I played a handful of rounds of golf with him. I kind of got roped in while I was on the phone to, you and me are going to go to a party. He's really insistent on us going to a party at their house. Well, who is this Gil? I don't I've never heard of Gil. Who's Gil? Like, what does he do? He used to be a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the big reveal for me was when he goes to his house and who opens the door... But Bob Odenkirk. Oh my god. Playing former porn star Gil Bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, at the end of the That's episode, so good. they made a porno with Bob Odenkirk in oh it. Oh my god. 
I've been on the top. I like, mean, you see tits and everything. They made a porno with Bob Odenkirk in it. That's great. It was fucking hysterical. I know we're like off topic. And we're way off topic. But you said Vince this, Gilligan. This is our, no, this is our talk show. Talk about adding a comedian we in. We can go as far off topic to as we want. Bob Odenkirk. And I went to the fact that I saw him tonight in Kirby Enthusiasm as a porn star. Bob Odenkirk has a cameo in a lot of episodes of... A handful of episodes of How I Met Your Mother, which I have been rewatching. He's like, in one episode in the of back, Development. In the background. He's he's just so... I love him. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. Well, I told you that I off and on when I have nothing to watch like streaming-wise. I watch Mr. Show. Yeah. And him and David Cross together are fucking hysterical. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway, back to back. Chris to Pratt and being Chris, used Chris in Chris Pratt used by Vince Gilligan would be quite nice. Um, what shall we tackle next? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You have more uh, bullet points no, than I, I can, did. I can, uh, go, I can. I can continue. Uh, if you want, to we should go. We go right into it. What, what happens next in the movie? <laughs> well, I was saying we could do that. Or the other thing was because I was talking about the immersion breaking thing. I had a note about. Cool physics, both of you, okay. and application. So, sure. which way do you want to go? You want to go with this or you want to go Ooh, with this? I'm intrigued. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's just going to be kind of freeform. I just put it down because there was a few thing, times during the course of the movie where I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or, I've seen that parallel in a different sci-fi property. Mm-hmm. Or, this is an expansion on something like that. Or, that's not how physics works. Right. Because that's how I watch <laughs> or, a lot of movies. that can't happen. Right. As you well know, because both be- movies we've talked about or movies we've seen together... I have an issue when things just break physics. Here, let me let me jump in real quick. This is not a f- f- mechanic space well, thing for me. Science, science. Um, science thing. Uh, I've seen a lot of movies. The first R-rated movie that I saw was Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the little Roomba <laughs> couldn't get into its hole, I was like, "This is where we need to focus. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking thing is gonna kill us all." <laughs> yes. Well, so it's funny because. This we could probably do an entire episode on just the science of the yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> that was one of them, like where there was a couple times where it was like, now obviously he doesn't know. This is the one of the first things we figure out of him when he wakes up is he doesn't know how he woke up. He doesn't know what causes, and the diagnostics weren't really working that well when mm. he did figure out that that was the thing that he could look at. And he's super handy. He's a mechanic. He can do things with his hands. Seems like he had a little bit of working knowledge with the computers and stuff like that, but mostly it was his ability to read the manuals and yeah. take shit apart and rewire it and stuff like that, which it's was an cool. engineer, yeah. Um, but he should have been paying more attention to that. The Roombas exploding. And right. crashing and not, taking and it for not working. Because oh, it was going on over the course of like two years or something yeah. like that. The, most of the movie took place over like almost two years. Yeah. Um, and within that time span, like 16 of them, I think, in the end, it was like 16 Well, it started to accelerate. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so many. Like, it was none, really. It was like one like that one little thing where it was just having trouble. And then it fixed itself, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Um, and then to the point where he was waking her up, it was you, you could see it was becoming more common. It was definitely a thing that was growing. Um, and this is something I was saying before, like where it was like, you know, we're talking about plot being tied in. Um, and also our expectations of the movie based on the marketing material and what was going on and stuff like that. And you're expecting kind of a conspiracy. And once we figured out mechanical failure, um, and you start to realize we see more than, than he sees. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you thought about that. Um, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pulled off well here. I have mixed feelings on it in general. Mm-hmm. There's I, think been some, was, I think it was okay. There's been this. some movies and shows where I've really liked it. There's been some where I was like, you're kind of spoiling too much for us. I thought it was good. Here's why I think it works in this movie. They show you in early on in the film, you see them hit the asteroids, you see an issue, then you see this big motherfucker that's about to hit them, and you're like, oh shit, things are gonna get real. 
Um, and then throughout the movie, you're getting glimpses of the main computer showing where things are breaking down or malfunctioning. You see it as the viewer. The actors don't see it. I think that's important because it rules out, like, this isn't the conspiracy that they sold us in the trailer. I'll take it one step further. I liked it because they showed you what but not why. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were sh- seeing, okay, an asteroid is causing an issue. But why is the asteroid causing an issue? Right. We don't know. Okay. Systems are shutting down. Why are they shutting down? I don't know yet. Um, the diagnostics aren't working. Things are blowing up. The power has gone out. Okay. These are all problems. Why? We don't know yet. It was showing us... We know more than the character. So it builds our sense of impending doom and suspense. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't spoil... Right. So that is a good, good use functional of tactic mm-hmm. um, for the movie. That's why I like it in this one as opposed to some other properties I've seen Fair. it in. Um, I, I think that's a good way to, to give you something that's like lets you in on the secret but not the whole secret. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I, I thought was, was kind of a problem is he should have been able to start realizing that there was stuff going on before. The fact that the diagnostics weren't working should have been using up more of his bandwidth earlier on in the movie. Because he figured that out early on. He just kind of brushed it off to the side. And we see processes failing and stuff like that. And he kind of just ignores them mostly. He's like, okay. other than to say, oh, that was weird. And then he kind of moves on. But the thing that I, I really like... I know when we move past, we know it's not a conspiracy anymore. But we're trying to figure out... It's to the point where, okay, we've seen the things that are breaking down and now we have to start figuring out why. I was pretty sure it was... And I realized that I don't... Even though they kept saying each other by their, like, one or two or three names, like, all like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Michael Sheen's Android character... Arthur, that's Arthur. It. I was like, I knew it was something with an A, but I couldn't think of what it was. I was sure that Arthur's was learning and that he was chewing up too much processing power, and that was what the power draw was. That would be kind of cool. I thought that was going to be kind of cool. That would be really cool. Not that he was necessarily becoming evil. No. But that he was becoming sentient, because that's something that if you look at in sci-fi, and in real life, not just sci-fi, we know how much power microprocessors and computers have drawn now, as opposed to when they were first invented. The cooling systems that we need to keep them from the silicon from Mm. bursting into flames. And more and more powerful processors and computers more and more powerful, more and more power draw. It's exponential to the point of absurdity what a virtual intelligence and a full-on artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence would have for that. So I was wondering if this was going to turn into a story where Arthur was gaining consciousness. I would say that would probably be a twist that I had no idea was coming. That's what I was anticipating when when, once Lawrence Fishburne's been awoken um, and we realize that there's power draw failures and that's why the power system fails and that's why the pods had failed and everything like that. I was assuming Arthur was learning and he, his consciousness was achieving such greater growth that I thought that that's what the... Because there was a runaway system they couldn't diagnose. I thought that's what it was going to be. Not that Arthur was going evil, but just that his actualizing as an actual conscious being was mm-hmm. going to be drawing. I thought that could have been a cool thing. especially that is, that, That's definitely cool. We were growing to enjoy Arthur. And now the, yeah. what, the, what the story really was with the punctured hole, that was cool too. Yeah. 
Um, and it gave a real problem for them to solve. It's just not where I thought it was going. That seemed too conventional and mundane. Right. It's it's funny because it's like a that would have been like a more sci-fi mm-hmm. movie, right? Where this is, although it's like if you take yourself and you remove yourself from our current set of technology and put yourself in the year where they're able to do this, the majority of the movie is grounded in reality. Yes. Which is which is kind of cool. But we have an android. So to think of him as becoming a true AI, it's great. Seems like I like that. That's a, that's cool. A normal thing, and ultimately the whole idea of meeting your punctured hole, mm-hmm. kind of boring. It's yeah, if you think about like that, a smaller yeah. scale version of the Titanic. We've seen yeah. that story. Sure, you know the. Uh, it's funny. So <coughs> speaking of, um, was it Michael Sheen? Yes, Arthur. What uh, what a cool little character that's just like constantly like he's like this. It's almost like uh, he's like, he's always at like one spot that you could focus on the movie like with, like they it's almost like he's like a, a safety blanket for them yes like throughout the movie he he, he absolutely was right? that yes and uh, when he it's so heartbreaking oh I knew it was coming too from the first conversation well, which one oh well, when he was gonna tell him tell her yes yeah no, but from the first conversation that he has with him he says I'm a good bartender I can give you advice i can keep your secrets i was like that's how it's gonna happen yeah yeah a hundred percent um but when he uh when he i uh, forget what jim what is he what is he asking he asks him a question i can't remember what it was but he he can't answer it and it's like oh the it, very first he locks him into like a state of like he, he basically and that's breaks part of what that's part of what built me into the idea of him being the runaway process all right that was part of it is he didn't have the power or the knowledge to do that at the time but we've seen that he's become so integral and he's understanding them as we go along. That's why, in my mind, that could that's be cool. where that was going. I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. He didn't even realize he was learning, but he was. Because he, we realize he's not just a simple VI interface because he remembers conversations. Mm-hmm. He acquires his own personality in relation to these two characters. We see over conversations they have over the course of a year. He remembers things that Jim, his name was Jim, right? Yeah. Uh, says to him. Uh, and he asks him about it. Like, when he's thinking about awaking Aurora, he says, I find the most beautiful girl, but I can't do it. And he goes, you're right. That does sound like a difficult decision. Yeah. And then later on, so how are you on your decision? To- yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. that's real personality. There. Yeah, you know, yeah. Even if it's not a real full consciousness, it's close. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was all, it worked for me uh, in, like, thinking I that. Could de- I could definitely see that. That's, that's, that's a cool take on but it. But I liked... For even beyond just liking the character and liking all that, I really like Michael Sheen in that role. Mm-hmm. We talked about him a little bit with um, the Seven Days in Hell, him playing the ridiculous <laughs> re- reporter uh, Caspian Wint or whatever yeah. his name is, or Casper um, Wint or whatever good it was. Sport. Uh, with the creepy obsession with Kit Harrington's character. So ridiculous. Because um, he was great in this, and the, you were talking about the question was he says um, something, and he says, um, I woke up, you know, I, I shouldn't be awake. And he's like, uh, he goes, my pot opened. He goes, oh, that's not possible. And he, yeah. goes, he goes, well, how many years have we been traveling for? Uh, 30. How many more years do we have to go? 90 or whatever. Right. Well, I'm here talking to you. And he glitches. He, yeah, like, he, he twitches. He like, goes out. It's not possible for you and to be here. Which I, I love that. I love that scene because it, it like for a very, for a small amount of time, Chris Pratt has somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. and it's just so not a person, and it it's devastating. Yes. You know, it's like it's horrible. <laughs> well, even just the 
when he runs over to him and he talks to him and he's talking to him and then he looks over the bar and sees that he doesn't have legs and he's like, fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, the the real, I guess, conspiracy of the movie being that um, the Jim's character opens Aurora's pod. Yes. It's because he is... The first time he sees her is when he was about to kill himself, and he doesn't do it, and he runs back into the room of all the passengers, and he trips on a bottle, and he stands up, and he sees her, and he thinks she's beautiful, and he goes through this whole series of, like, looking into her background and reading her work and, like, basically speaking with her and spending time with her, like, just to have some sort of human connection with somebody, but she's still asleep, so it doesn't, it's it's not... It's not really what he's looking for. It's like putting a band-aid on it for now. Yeah. And then he eventually opens her pod. <clears throat> yep. After In our Adam and Eve story. Yes. <laughs> right. And uh it's it's really difficult because you they I think they the what's so good is when he was about to kill himself and you really feel for him in that scene, as much as you hate him for what he's about to do, you're still so sad about him. Yeah. And, like, you, you get it. You get all the decisions that are made in the you movie. You can be screaming, fuck you, don't do it. But still, once he's done it, you can you can hate him and you'd be like, yeah. dude, why would you ever do this? But you know why. And he does that so very well like, to you himself in the mirror. No matter how much you hate it, even if it makes you feel dirty Ugh. for the fact that you understand it, you know that deep down you understand it. Yeah. And, like, he's do, like he has that inner struggle in the mirror. He's yeah. ta- like he, For months. He, he looks at himself and he goes... Don't do it. Please don't do this. Yeah, he does. That's right. Oh. He asks. Ooh, did that give me chills? Please don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a great, just a tremendous scene. And then... Uh, so that, I mean, if, I guess we could take, I don't know how brief or not brief it'll be, of an aside. I was saying the whole idea of like some gray area and it's complicated and stuff like that. So around the time that the movie, I guess it was maybe a week after the movie came out, I didn't see it. I just saw it couple weeks ago and it's been out for about six months or seven months whatever it is um i read this big long form article or story or blog post i forget exactly i don't remember who it was because i read it in december so i I just don't remember at this point um but i'm sure if you did some clever searching on google you probably can find it um because i i actually saw it because it was shared on facebook or twitter or something like that um by someone like that i know so uh, you could find it um they tackled the idea of why it was so complicated even more than just what's presented in the movie, the idea of him awakening her from her pod. And I found that I was really confused and irritated by the experience of reading the article and then watching the movie um, because the core tenet of, of this article was in the movie, she says, you murdered me. Mm. And this even further extrapolated that. Not even, I mean, I'm mean, i sure they referenced the fact that it was quite I just want to pause for one second. One of my notes down here is just murder. Yeah. And so we, we were thinking about this. Go yeah. on. <laughs> um, and she's right when she says that, mm-hmm. right? And she's right and righteous, and she has every reason to be as upset as anyone could be about anything. It's weird. To say you murdered me because she's still alive. Yep. And will be for quite some time, most yep. likely. Assuming, well, at the time she didn't know the ship was going to blow up someday. Um, but she's right. He essentially murdered her. Yeah. Even though she's still alive. Um, and More like she was wrongfully put on death row. Sure. In a weird way. Okay. 
Um, go on. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with so it. So the, the topic of this article actually was even further than that. It was actually comparing him even more to rape. Okay. Because he did it to her against her will and completely removed her agency. Mm-hmm. Which I agree with. Yep. What I didn't agree with was what, especially at the time when I read it, it was like, this was actually one of the reasons I didn't want to see the movie. Was once I read this this story, because the way that it was, pre- the, the quote-unquote facts were presented in this story made it, it wasn't just upset with the action and what was portrayed. It was how the movie viewed it. And the, what they were putting as a presupposition for all of this was that the movie just kind of glossed over that he did all of this. I'm looking at your face. And, and that was the exact same way I felt after I actually watched the movie. Because the whole thing was like, he, he apologizes and right. then she ends up going on and, and getting back with him even after a, a period of time of separation and she says fuck you and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. and all this this righteous anger <coughs> and how the movie glosses over that when he did this to her and I was like okay yeah that does sound really shitty like that's a good reason to not like this movie if like you saw it and you felt like th- that way about so that was kind of the reason I was resistant to watching it and then I sat down and watched it and I was like yep okay this is as shitty as they were saying he wakes her up against her will he murdered and or raped her life, we'll say. Not physically, right. Right. but like her life, she removed her agency. And you're right about that. That is really, really as low as you can go. It's as low ways you can treat another person. Mm-hmm. But then I watched her go through her thing with the anger. And I watched his anguish and guilt um, once he had made the decision. And then... The surprise where we get Lawrence Fishburne for a while, and he goes through the process and figures out, and Jim confesses to him. <clears throat> he reads the logs and realizes that yes, it's so that he woke her up, and then he talks to her, and he says, "I understand the situation," and he confirms to her that she has every right and reason to feel this way, mm-hmm. and. Jim's tried to apologize for like a year or something like that, uh, right? I've, they they kind of got hazy with the timeline at that point. Once it was a year until he woke her up, right? And it was a year ish until she found out, and or well, no, not until until the time where the ship started. Right, right. <clears throat> so she's she has her separation. She rages against him. She punishes him. She almost murders him in his sleep. Mm-hmm. She beats the shit out of him, and all of these things. Seemed just to me that she has every right yeah. to feel those ways and do those things. That scene was intense. It was. But she beats the crowd out of him. And he. Well, I, was, he, I actually want to pause you for, for one second because that scene is, is very much tied to something else. And I don't want to gloss over this. It's very important. Yeah. I was talking about his <coughs> acting because earlier he's the first part, person we see in the movie. She's phenomenal in this movie. She's unreal. And she's, she's great in everything that she's in, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. But when she finds out and. Like, I know already, and I feel like I'm finding out for the first time. And I'm like, like she, she's like, I can't see. I'm like, yeah, I feel blind, too. Like, <laughs> like, like I totally get it. Like, she's like she, it, it's unbelievable how well she delivers that entire yeah. experience. But I'm sorry, go on. I no, just had to fine. bring that out there. And yeah, no, so even to that scene where she, she's beating him up, and she, I forget what she, she picked up, she had a Crowbar. Weapon, crowbar. Um... And he puts his arms to the side, yeah. and he gives in. He says, "Go ahead, I like, deserve it." He knows like, he deserves kill it. Me. Yeah. Kill me because you can't make me feel worse than I already feel. Right. Like, so having watched all of those, some 
like total of all this stuff, I'm wondering how this person who wrote this thing missed the mark so badly finishing off the story. Because everything on the front end of how the, the idea of, of rape and or murder, the removal of agency, the betrayal and violation of another person's life, I totally agree with all that. And I totally agree with that's how it was represented in the movie. But I feel like they completely missed the mark on the back end where... And you could say you wouldn't forgive him, and that's fine. That's your own... Like, you're welcome to it. If you said, I could never forgive him for that, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I right. probably wouldn't either. Right, and they give you... They actually, they, to that point, they give you a point at the end of the movie where you could go one of two ways. Yes. If you didn't forgive him, you'd get in the pod. Yes. If you and did she, forgive him, you don't get in the pod. And she doesn't get she in does the pod. She does not get in the pod. <laughs> but go so, on. What I don't understand is they're saying, well, they like gloss it over and it just ends up, she just kind of shrugs her arms and says, oh, well, no big deal. How did you get that out of watching this movie? Yeah, I didn't. I don't. With he, her righteous anger that he gives into, his apologizing, this and you can say the apology wasn't enough, but the fact is, and it could just be because he's a good actor, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. you see real anguish on his face as he apologizes over and over again. Lawrence Fishburne confirms She's right to feel the way she is, that under different circumstances, he would be treated accordingly, put in the brig, and or executed, and put on trial. And after all of that, he makes that final gesture, like you just said, I'll put you back in the pod and restore to you what I've robbed you of. And she makes the conscious choice with having had all this time not to do it. So I don't understand how you can say that this movie represented it in a way that glosses over her pain yeah, and her I don't, I don't violation. Think, I, I actually think that was one of the stronger parts of the movie. Yes, like, well, after that, I watched it, I was like, I don't know how you can handle it better. Yeah, and she, like again, I don't know that anybody else could have <coughs> handled it better because no. she did it so well. And you can disagree with her choice, right? But it was real and it was earned. So here's here's my thing with that. There's the, the, there's a series of reasons why somebody may have written this article that you're talking about or taken this approach. The first thing that comes to mind is they were on their phone when the movie was on. Possible. That's one. Possible. The second thing, not to be glossed over, is that somebody close in their life has experienced something along those lines. Possible. And honestly, if that's how, if it stirs up those, I totally get it. Yes. Those are two things. I'm sure there's others. With this day and age, I assume that it's the it's the first one. Which but is, it's like a shitty thing to do, it, and, and I don't want to gloss over the fact that. Other people who have been violated or right. been close to someone who's violated may feel that no apology or no treatment of it anything is, is enough. But the point is, if we live in a world where reconciliation is even possible, this was handled as well as it can be. Right. And even if you disagree with the choice, which you're welcome to disagree mm-hmm. with the choice, I totally get why you would disagree with the choice, and you shouldn't be looked down on for disagreeing with the choice. I have a problem with the way that this person represented the way that the movie represented the situation. Right. That's where my issue is. Yeah. I, you cut this movie short. Let's say you cut it in half and she fucking kills him with that crowbar. Right? Justified. She kills him with it. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, get right? it. She does, like, like, you look at her character, like, she's going to go through some shit now because she's, like, real, like, she, like obviously, taking somebody's life is, you know. And so, and if we could see him in the afterlife, he'd be, like, looking down, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's 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 intense. There's and, a lot and at going the end on. Of the movie, there. if she had gotten in the pod, you could be feel you could feel bad for him that he has to return to this isolation, and you could feel like the shitty. But you couldn't get mad at her for making the choice. Yeah. I totally get her making the choice either way. Yep. Because both options felt earned. 
Yeah. He made the betrayal, betrayal that... It was a taste of betrayal. You fucking whore. It was a taste of betrayal. <laughs> he made the betrayal... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got really dark and serious. Like, I had to lighten it a little bit. The betrayal was enough that if she gets in the pod, you can't begrudge her. Right. But the anguish and... <laughs> it, was the, it was the taste of betrayal. You fucking whore. You fucking whore. <laughs> but the anguish and the sincerity of the apology and the earned connection the two of them had made mm-hmm. it that her choice to stay out of the pod was justified as well. And that's as even as you can deal with this. And that's why I said this movie is a contemplative character study. Either choice feels earned. And that's why I felt satisfied with the way the movie represented it, even if you disagree with the choice. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why that article irritated me. Yeah. Because it represented it in a way that was completely one-sided and missed the point of it all. Right. And maybe there was something that happened in that person's life, so I like I can get and, it. And that's the thing, like if that if that is the case, <coughs> I I get it. I get it. It's I just am, like I understand. Without that context, because there was nothing about that right. context where there was never a point in the story where it was like Something not that she was on a spaceship that she was looking from a medically induced coma, <laughs> but no sort of violation on her own part. Like I just don't yeah. get it. No, With that I, missing that context, it seems like you're missing the point. I totally agree. So let's get into the characters in this film. Okay. Um, of which I count five. Can you name the five characters that I am talking about? Are they all human or humanoid? No. Okay. Well, because... Rattle them off real quick. There's Aurora. Uh-huh. We haven't actually said her name yet. We haven't? We just called her Jennifer Well, I, We're definitely going to get into her because I feel like she has Fair. some really interesting... And we've got there. We've got there a little bit yeah. with uh, stuff. Um, I apologize if there was any tone issues with the way I was tackling the, uh, the stuff about the structure of this movie and uh, the way that some of the themes were dealt with. Um, there's Jim. Mm-hmm. There's Arthur. Yep. There's the, considering I don't have my computer in front of me, Lawrence Fishburne. Gus. Who's Gus. There we go. Yeah. I honestly couldn't remember his name. Is like is Roomba going to be the fifth character? The ship. <laughs> okay. The that, ship that, is that, character I, I number five. I figured that was five. a chance. This ship is a dick. The entire, <laughs> the entire movie. Hey, it's not its fault. The ship's the villain. Kind of. Well, I mean, like, time and space are its villain. The ship's the villain. Okay. Here's why. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> no, uh, just the, there's just I, I think it's so cool because like the ship will like it has it has these interactions with the character throughout the movie in yes. different ways and it will. By the way, throw things on. We the talked pen. about the Roomba a little bit. We talked about yeah. Arthur. How about the French waiter m- robots? Those were hilarious. Right. <laughs> and the Mexican one. Yes. Which is great. But we, they did the French restaurant a couple times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, just in general, it's fantastic. The the themed. I, I really, it was robots. basically like a, it was like an all-inclusive resort, but on a, <laughs> with people. robots. We it was robots. really silly. Um, but the ship character, the ship, yeah, uh, the ship is a dick. Like, uh, <laughs> and and all of the extensions of the ship. So like, yeah, it's malfunctioning. I get it. You were hit by an asteroid. I get it. Like a big one. But uh, those, <laughs> there's a scene where she pushes somebody out of the way. Um, Aurora pushes. I think it's she pushes Gus out of the way. Now Gus, as we know. He, meets his, he meets his untimely demise. It was a fucked up way to go. But he almost died a lot sooner. When one of the air robots, <laughs> the drones just came crashing down, like right where that he like was the standing. the 16th one? Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, another scene being, uh, here's a funny one for me. Like This is where like the ship, I feel like, showed character in a really funny way. There, The scene where he's going to open the hatch from the outside. 
He's talking to her. Wait, you were laughing at the end when he almost got fried to death? No, not that point. That was moving. No, it was before that. You said he when he went out there to open the hatch. Yeah, it was right. Exactly. It, it was, was the most dire sequence of the. No, whole. it was right when he went out. Um, I was so she's looking at him. He's looking at her. Like he, she's looking at him, and she says something. I forget what it was. Like oh, like come back to me. Mm. I believe was the line or something along those lines. She said it at some point. Um, and then he turns around to look at her, and the door just closed in his face. <laughs> the ship is <laughs> I was like, this is really, you're just a real jerk. And the door wouldn't stay open. That's not science. That's the ship being an asshole. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the, no, the, the, the ship was uh, the one, another one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, in the kitchen or the uh, the cafeteria. What, well, I, I loved when it malfunctioned and it was just shooting cornflakes all over the place that was silly to me vomiting projectile vomiting yeah. cornflakes but uh what i really really loved was not only was this guy alone for a year he found some ways to work around some of the uh the lackluster parts of him but being couldn't get around the cafeteria couldn't get around the cafeteria no so when he's finally eating breakfast with her and she's got this delicious looking omelet and, and all this oatmeal. and he, is that it's like a brick of oatmeal Girl. yeah and he's just like <laughs> biting into it and she goes he says something like he's not a gold star, whatever it does, passenger. Yeah, I'm not a gold star passenger member. Or whatever. And she, she goes, "Oh my god!" Because in that moment, with with no other words, you know that she realized that he's been not only awake alone for over a year alone, but he's been eating. Yeah, he's been eating this smut, <laughs> this garbage food. And she like she brings him his own tray of food. Doesn't she say something snarky too about like? Like, oh my god, you found a way to work around all these other things, but you couldn't figure out... Like, she even said something to that effect, too. I believe too. so. And I, not so many words. I, I I also, I love that he's clicking every button on the coffee machine. Sorry, you are not a gold... Sorry, and you are not just, a, like, large sorry, coffee. Can I get some cream with that? Great. And it just comes out black, and he's just not happy. <laughs> it's like the scene, funny enough, considering we were watching Austin Powers. Mm. In the original one, when they wake him up... Evacuation. 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 Com- com- evacu- <laughs> evacu- evac- evacuation complete. So... We we got the chips and so Lawrence Fishburne, I'm saving. I feel like I'm saving Jennifer Lawrence for the end. But Lawrence Fishburne's character, real raw deal. And here's something interesting. I didn't. I mean, I didn't want to believe it, and I'm glad that it wasn't the truth. There was something about the way that they delivered the scenes where you realize, like, you understand that he's that there's something not right with him. Um, he explains pretty quickly that it's I just because it he was, has hibernation. I can't, I can't do the voice, but I figured it was hibernation sickness. Right. It's pretty quickly you find out that it's hibernation sickness. Even though I've done some some gravelly voices in the past, I cannot <laughs> Can't do... Can't do Fishburne? What? Can't do the Fishburne? No, I was going with Leia in Return of the Jedi. Oh. You have hibernation sickness. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> that would have that been great. I can't. I cannot um, do it. So, you you, f- you find out pretty quickly Did that that's why he's sick. Did you almost kind of laugh? Did you feel bad? Did you almost kind of laugh when the computer said 400 issues? Yeah? Almost? I laughed. No, I didn't laugh when the computer. Oh, no, no, no. I laughed when the friggin' thing flew I by guess. on the screen, and it was like all these things were spitting out. I was like, "That is absurd." I almost laughed at that, and then I did laugh two seconds later when he said, "So, is there anything wrong with me?" Yeah, a few things. <laughs> that, was, that was that was excellent. But uh, <laughs> so you find out he has this, you know, this hibernation sickness, like because he was woken up abruptly because his his pod malfunction was a lot more serious than Chris Pratt's. Chris Pratt's well, short circuited and wasn't opened. Just, it, yeah, there's just for early release. His malfunction. Yeah, his like just like popped open and he like woke up out of it. 
where Chris Pratt got through the whole like some sort of weird necrosis of everything. Yeah, where basically his entire body just like nope and shut. Yeah, down. well, it was like it, his entire body went to the shock. It was in complete like there was no like none of his systems were running. Yeah, they just they all started turning off like, at the same time. On. And they're like, oh no, we can't do that. And then it's like, off, 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 before he died. They hit the master uh, switch and right. turned it all off. But uh, part of me was thinking at first, like, from her face in those scenes, I was like, did she find a way to wake him up? Like, was she so mad at him that she wanted to wake up some member of the crew to help? See, it's funny, because when we're first introduced to Gus, it's through a voice of the loudspeaker when he says, who the fuck put this tree here? Mm. <laughs> Which I put myself in their shoes for a second. I wouldn't have been excited. I probably would have dropped dead from fear. <laughs> I think that's what would have been my first thing. Well, it's like <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's your first thing. Jesus. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, I it's funny. I had the opposite thought. Um, I actually thought that Jim woke him up. Mm. Considering he. Already woke her up, so he knows Ooh, how. Interesting. I didn't think that. Now, he hadn't been able to get to anyone, but we see a lot of them on opposite sides. We see him building things, trying to fix stuff to make things right, because this is after she's found out the truth. And I assumed that he will Gus up to help fix everything. Right. As an olive branch to her. Like, hey, I fucked up. Let me get someone who actually knows how to work the ship. We'll fix it together. Put you back in the pod. We'll all yeah. get back in the pod. It'll right. be great. Uh, but no, his pod just fucked up bad. Right. He disintegrated. I, I, it didn't cross my mind that it would have been him. Because... That was... when well, I was watching I, it, That's how my mind worked. I, like, he was... And the I feel like the scene that makes it, like... Like, the, the reason why it didn't cross my mind is that scene that we talked about earlier. Where he puts his arms out and he's like, Kill me with this crowbar because I deserve to die. Like, that, like that scene was it's funny the reason... That we looked at it completely... Because my mind was when she doesn't do that, whether you be granting him release or giving him the punishment he deserves, I took it that he had a new lease on life and was going to spend every waking second trying to make it right. So I, that, I agree with that. That's why I don't I assumed, think that waking somebody else up would have been well, any form of solution. Especially when we he's the head of like supervising the ship and maintaining yeah. the ship. That's the guy who can fix the problem. Yeah. So it seemed to follow logically a logical process for me, like, I'm going to devote every fiber of my being. Let me get someone who can actually do something, not someone who's 56 light years away who's going to respond to me when I'm 80. <laughs> right. It's just like, it's fun. yeah, I mean, he's it's, he is completely necessary in the movie. It's really funny because it's like, um, his him waking up and them getting the his bracelet, basically, is the only reason they live. Yes. Right? And the only reason that the other 5,000 people live. Correct. And this entire movie is like... It's like, if you look at the the, the main the main struggle that's presented in your face is the fact that he opened her pod. But if he didn't open her pod, they would all die. Because there's no way... No. There's no way for him to save the ship. Alone. Yeah. Alone. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. But also, I mean... Butterfly affecting it all, like you know. I feel like it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. It's possible. Well, I mean, I get what you're saying. The way that the situation ends up being presented with the two of them, but he may have tackled the problem earlier or in a different way, not having her to help. Or maybe he wakes up 15 people and says, "Hey, 
the ship's going to die. I kind of fucked up with your thing, but the options are you die on the ship 60 years from now, but you help me survive so that 5,000 people can survive. Or you die and you don't even realize it when the ship blows up. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to be a lot less likely to try and murder him with a crowbar. Sure. Probably. Right? It's, it's just really hey, interesting. It- I really hate that you woke me up. But I'm glad that we're all going to live now because we fixed the ship. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it's funny because, like, in a way, <clears throat> they, it, it almost it's almost as if it tries to validate the fact that he he woke her up. I guess I could say that to a certain but point, yeah. But it's not really the case. It's, it's just very strange. It's true. I mean, I guess that would be the one point of credence I'd lean, lean towards to someone who is mad at the way that the whole situation was represented with all of it is that the struggle and the plot... Could almost be looked at as a contrivance to reconcile the two of them. But the fact that they still left her with an out at the end of it all, I think, mostly disproves that. He had to wake her up because of the implication. Because of the implication. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not the right thing to be bringing up when we're talking about that. (laughs) No. Um, No, but, yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, we've kind of got into aspects of it um the two like jim and aurora's bond and their chemistry on screen kind of carries most of the movie especially the middle third most but we haven't really talked the entire movie (laughs) well she's not there for the most of the first third of the movie okay um (laughs) but the movie gets so much better once she arrives sure i'm just saying like we've talked about one specific aspect of it did they convince you on screen? Did they work for you as... Oh, absolutely. Okay. 100%. Here's the thing. I don't think this movie works with other actors and actresses. Other actor and actress. <laughs> I should be more clear. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Come I mean, who, I don't, I, who, I don't could you, who could you recast in this movie? If you, um, what, Not who could you recast. If you had to recast both main roles, who were some other actors and actresses that you could... Do I have to recast both or can I just recast one? Ooh. Bradley Cooper. Interesting. Well, he works with Jennifer Lawrence, so... That's true. No, I, I totally, I totally <laughs> see that. They've been in every David O. Russell movie, yeah. so... <laughs> and then, like, your, like, distant... Was it your uncle-in-law, cousin, whatever... My uncle-in-law? <laughs> what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, right? Is that... That's correct, almost, isn't it? If that was a thing, yeah. almost. He could play Lawrence Fishburne's character. <laughs> and then it's just the director from Silver Linings Playbook. And yeah, boom. so we just res- we just take we recasted the whole was movie it, was except he, for Jennifer was Lawrence. He, was he Morton Tilden? We'll just replace him with <laughs> David O. Russell and <laughs> no, even better halfway through the movie, <laughs> not for the whole movie. <laughs> this would <would've> be amazing. <laughs> Robert De Niro would play the android. It's literally just the cast of Silver Linings. Michael Pena. Oh, ah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Seriously. <laughs> No, I mean, obviously there are... They have good chemistry, so it would totally work. And he has... That was the one. That was he, does have the, uh, he does have the comedy chops, but I don't see him as a comedy actor. I see him as more of a dramatic Which he role. is, but the point is that he has the similar yeah. range. No, I was just trying to pick someone like, off the top of my head, the two that. of them have been in like three or four movies together, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I'll, I'll, I will put it this way. I don't want to see anybody else in this movie, Fair. which is great. You're I think that's a good credit to them. it couldn't work with anyone else. It sure as hell could, but it's a short list of people it, it would work with. Yeah. I mean, how many... I don't know, though, because 
there's the lightheartedness that he brings early in the movie. See, now I want to think about this, but me sitting here silently for 90 seconds. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to make for a good podcast. But I, I, there's just, there is. But you're making me want to. He has a skill set that works so well for this character from early on where it's like he gets to be funny, you know. He gets to be like again. His whole it's his sizzle reel for yeah. for auditioning or something. Like it's it's he shows full range and it just he's he's fantastic. And, and we get to see them across the arc of all the highs and lows of any relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship or any re- relationship is like a weighted word, like to mean like romantic. It doesn't always mean that. Like you and I have a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not a romantic relationship. It's a familiar relationship. Oh, it's a oh dang. <laughs> I mean, I see you checking me out here. I got like the, the tank top Stop. on. It's a little tight. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just wondering why you can't buy a shirt that fits you. That's what I'm saying. I'm see, kidding. The shirt fits. Oh. Fits fantastically. I <laughs> I can see that. Like if. That was a, a pretty quick answer for who could replace him, and it makes sense. I get it. I don't. I can't think of somebody quickly that would replace her. Like keeping Chris Pratt as the lead. Sure, let's do that. Going back the opposite way. Well, he doesn't have the same. He doesn't have the same body of work with any one other actor. I mean, like would it be Aubrey Plaza? Like, <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> well, why not? Uh, she's. I don't. I think she can be funny. I mean, she's not as good as an actress. And she as could Jenna be deadpan. Lawrence, but she's not. I don't. I don't see her in a role like this. Or maybe she. I the the most serious role I saw her in was like. A, she's been in some things lately, like more indie stuff that I haven't indie, seen. It, that's actually exactly where I was going. I saw an indie movie with. There's like something a I wanted to see machine. her that she was in. And I, I can't remember exactly. There's one where she was like a zombie or something. <laughs> of course, there was. But uh, I don't see her in in this type of role. No, she maybe. doesn't have the same chops per se, or at least she hasn't proven it yet. Right. She's, I mean, she's young still. Yeah. I mean, I guess so is Jennifer Lawrence, but she broke in at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I I was just trying to think of, when, when we just started that part of this discussion, I was trying to think of two people together who, like, have clearly shown that level of chemistry, who have range. Right. And it's not something I can do thinking and talking at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I get um, that. But it was just an easy cop-out because Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper have been together in... Silver Linings and um, American Hustle and that Joy was that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, was he in that? Yeah, I think he I didn't see plays Joy. her husband. Oh, okay, I didn't see that one. I didn't either, but that's also David O. Russell. All, all mm-hmm. three of them, yeah, were so. Man, those movies are the ones that I have seen are just oh. yeah. No, I mean, American <laughs> Hustle is great. Yeah, um, Silver Linings is even better. Beautiful, like yeah. Great movie. I remember that's a movie. It's funny we talked about. I know we're getting on a bit of a tangent, but fuck it. Um, talking it's when we our talk, show. We talked about yeah. <laughs> you talking about Mr. Nobody. and You were talking about how you almost show off the movie. It got to the point where I was getting anxiety from watching Silver Linings, and I almost turned it off because I, I didn't see where all the stuff that everyone said was so great about it. It gets so dark and heavy over the first. It's like forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to start building towards something and it still is rocky from that point right with how everything goes but it got to the point where it's the scene where he's was he looking for the wedding video or the wedding album in Mm. the attic and like he breaks down and everything like that that's intense that's pretty far into the movie Mm -hmm. without much positive and like i was like 
if this movie doesn't start turning around, I'm gonna have to turn it off because it's bringing me down so much. Yeah, and I'm not seeing where the positive aspect is coming. I think you're supposed to feel that way. I know it's just like the payoff took so, and not even just like the happy ending, but yeah. like just to see what there was gonna be light somewhere in the distance. Right. I almost I I remember like sitting and watching. I was watching in my room. It was late at night. I was like, this movie is so dark. Yeah. And where is all this inspirational stuff that everyone's talking about? Like, I'm not seeing it, guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's a great movie. I, I really enjoy that movie. Now that I once I'd seen the whole thing, mm-hmm. for sure. I get that. But uh, in, it, I it's just I I don't want like I. It's funny. Like I I'm asking you that question because the re- the reason I'm asking is I don't want these characters. I wouldn't want these characters recast. I think these this is a perfect casting job. I wouldn't necessarily want it to be someone either. I just I chafe at the no one else could do this. Right. Weird thing. Gus. Aside from the humanity aspect, where it has to be a person so that the person can die. Mm-hmm. The rest of him could have easily been played by a robot. Sure. You just need the credentials. Yeah. That's really it. And I mean, like you said, you have to feel it. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, this is another person, and wow, they've been complaining. Look how bad it could have been. Yeah, that's true. I will say one of the most beautiful scenes <clears throat> in the movie is when he's going to go get him the pills, and he asks him to stay. Well, and the three of them are sitting, and it's like it's one of those still shots that you could just like. Freeze frame and print it and put it on the wall because it's very beautiful. It's like space and the three of them that are struggling with an issue that like literally no one else has ever had to deal with. <laughs> you know, it's a very new ground and they're breaking it together. Yeah. And it's 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 beautiful. And then he dies, like based essentially in Chris Pratt's arms. Mm-hmm. And like the two of them begin to reconnect a little bit over that. Well, he like, is a like, unifying is... force, and an, a- and an android or a robot doesn't do that for them. Right. I um, guess that uh, that is that is true. So that's another aspect of why it's got to be a person. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I guess... And it's w- not even just for the fact of unifying them to be a couple, because at that point, still, even after all that happens, if she goes in the pod, no one has an issue. No, it's, it's, it's the, the fact two that of them it's a can't, person. The two of them can't come and, together and save the ship right, without be, him dying. Because... What it brought them was the realization that there's there's five thousand other fact, human beings that think they're fine right th- now. No matter how shitty everything's been between right. the two of them, and no matter how much she hates him, rightfully so. <clears throat> no more. No matter how much he hates himself, rightfully so. That there's something way bigger and more important than the two of them, and yep. his death, unfortunately, is the price that they have to pay to realize that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Not that the death was at their hands. It wasn't their fault that he died, but, right. you know. Oh, my God. I love that. So, in the scene where the ship loses gravity. That was a really cool scene. Couple, great scene. Um, so, terrifying. War is horrifying. Yes. <laughs> That's what I learned from that scene. You know what I learned from that? If I'm ever given the opportunity. Tuck your bed in. <laughs> no. Oh, that's I, what I learned, because otherwise Lawrence Fishburne would have been dead a little bit earlier in the movie. What I learned was... If I'm ever granted the opportunity to ride on an interstellar travel on a, in outer space, I'm not going in the pool. Not about that. I'm not going in the pool unless I know that there's gravity 100% of the time. Right. Not 99.9% of the time. 100%, 100% of, the of the time. I completely, I could not agree with you more. <laughs> that was terrifying. Yes. She's drowning. A lot. In midair. 
and can't move. The worst is, yeah, <laughs> the bubble is there, and she's like, oh, I'll just swim out of it. No, you won't. No. <laughs> and Again, another acting, uh, another she was solid acting. Really, scene. really good. I was physical like, I, acting. I, in I that couldn't scene. breathe because she couldn't breathe. Yeah, because like, the scene goes oh, on for that long, and it's yeah. like, and you're like, oh, yeah, he like Chris Pratt's floating around and he's cracked his head on something. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Can we stop her from drowning? Oh, she's still drowning? Okay. In midair? Great. Awesome. What? No. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I, what I actually didn't really understand is how she gained consciousness again. That seems like a flaw to me. It was the Inception kick. Got it. Or whatever. Got it. <laughs> um, other side, I, you know, real, real interesting, real ballsy move if the director was just like, ah, fuck the studio. Um, she dies. She just drowns midair. And when Could've he been fa- a compelling wh- and when he falls, he breaks his neck. Could have been a compelling way. And, as, and then Lawrence Fishburne dies alone, and then the entire ship explodes. That's like a, that, that's a different. It's a real sad story, but another complete possibility. Who makes that movie? There's a movie that that could be a th- that that could be a thing. This guy. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we could come up. Who? There's someone who makes that movie. That I mean, like there has to be someone else who did survive it. But someone makes a movie where all three of them. I'm just trying to think of who it would be. That's the thing. I feel like that. Like this is reminding me. Directs the most episodes of Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you like these characters? Nope. (laughs) Let's get rid of those real quick. It's definitely not the folks at AMC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're listening to this, please go to the Spin Tune. And please, especially if you're a Walking Dead fan, please read Anthony's story on the Spin Tune about... The fan and The Walking Dead and the see. Poisonous Love Triangle. The Poisonous Love Triangle. It's beautiful. Um, you weren't harsh enough, but you got a lot of the good points. I had to be realistic. Yeah. Um, kind of sucked that deck a little bit, though. Huh? What? Disagree. <laughs> um, the, here's another scene that I didn't fully get. I don't think it was necessary for that random screw to go into her arm. It was just a really weird thing that I was like, what? That was weird. That doesn't... Mm, I didn't... I, I thought it added it's weight. Just, is, it, is, that what it was, is that the intention? Yeah. You know what added the weight for me? When a little bit of the glass broke, I was like, oh, we're all fucking dead. <laughs> it was like, it's over. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with the fact that he's dealing with the fact that he's about to incinerate himself to death, mm-hmm. and she's just waiting to touch a hot switch. And so she's power... So it's more... It's kind of even the equation. Like, he's probably definitely going to die. She might die. But there's this. Because if it's just like, oh, she gets to sit inside in the thing and just flip the switch when the time comes. But it it was just odd. It's kind of hot. It was one one screw. It was one screw. I I just feel like if one screw is coming loose, more screws are coming loose. If more screws are coming loose, this whole thing is opening up. The reactor is going to just blow them away. I think they wanted to hit somewhere in between the two. All right. Just one screw came. Okay. But if we didn't get there, the rest of the thing doesn't we blow up, like you say. Um, but she has to do more than just scald her skin a little bit. She has to Fair. have real stakes. Fair. You know? It was devastating when... Uh, again, just a credit to her acting. When she thinks that he's dead. He's not responsive. It's just like... Plus we got to see Gra- just Gravity lost. 
Yeah. She's just completely she lost. Him, she's trying to grab him and she grabs the string. And it's literally, they rob that scene from grabbing yeah, I, I, I mean, you see that happening immediately. Like, yes. you, you, like that, that's like one of those silly things. It's like they didn't really know. I feel like they didn't know like how else to do it. It was very clear from the moment that his, his tether snapped yes. that that was going to be the piece that she grabbed onto. Yes. And I was fine with it. It's like, whatever. Binder thing that was super British. Also, while I was watching it, I was like, this is like, what, what year was it? It was like 2400 or something like that? I don't know. 2200. Why didn't they have the little jetpacks on their spaceship, those space things, the way gravity did? While I was watching that scene, I was like, this would have been a lot easier if they had those little jetpack things. Why does he have no way to renegotiate himself? Maybe he couldn't make it all the whole way back, but at least make it. Yeah, like change his traje- trajectory or yeah. something. Um, it was a really funny thing that like really enhanced the gravity of the scene. Is uh, when he kicked his door through the thrusters and it just incinerated. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh. I was like, what would that do to it? It was almost even like, a, like a little wake up call to himself. Like, yeah. I want to get away from that yeah. right now. Like, I, like, will, I know. I will I die in the vacuum there. of space before I will go through that. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be over near that. Way worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, let's get back to see, the note that I took down earlier. Mm-hmm. That I meant. That I said I was going to get back to. Hey, you said you had a bunch of notes. I don't um, know how many you've. Hit, well, we've so. hit most of them. Um, I know I'm down to like one or. What? I have a note here that says a tree, I have one, but I want to see a tree like... grows in Brooklyn. That's the note. There is nothing else to it. It's just the fact that he grew a tree in the middle of the place. I thought that was fun. I have one, um, note, but by definition, needs to be towards. I uh, I can I can check this off. Water is terrifying. Was yes, one of my notes. Definitely. Um, when the airlock chamber. This goes back to that. Early in the movie, you had your issues with it. You I were did. like, oh, it Big looks ones. like it's open to the rest of the ship. Oh, he should have been Not able, the rest like, of the ship, but the rest of that room. The rest of the room. With fair. where the suit and all the equipment was. Um, why is there no failsafe? Which we actually don't know that there's not a... Like, if he hit it, we don't know that the All I know is when, when he went out there, there was less failsafes than needed. But it didn't matter because he was in a suit and it, it was fair. closed. But when he goes back in there unsuited, there seemed to be less strictures. Here's, here's the thing that took me out of the experience. When they are sending um, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, burn, burn, burn out into space, Gus, Gus. When they're sending Gus out into space. He's in the airlock chamber. I liked it. The Viking funeral in space. Yeah, I hope I don't ruin this for you. They open the airlock, and his body continues to lay on the floor. Yes. Nope. Not how that's going to work. No. No. Wait, what do you mean? He doesn't have any magnet feet. <laughs> he doesn't have the magnet feet that Chris Pratt's wearing at the time. He opens the airlock. It opens up. You see the, the rush of air and things and particles that are in the room go out. But his limp body stays on the floor. It does go out eventually. They don't show you that. But that... It should have went out really quickly and much sooner. Yeah, but the whole point of why they were doing that was that his body was going to... They, they, yes. When that scene ends, it's not like they walk back and the body's still in there. Like, it Ag- goes... Agreed. <clears throat> but as soon yeah. as the door cracks, his body should have been sucked Probably, out. Probably, yes. And it wasn't. And that bothered me. Anyway. And then, I thought of Yondu. Yes. And I laughed a little. He's Mary Poppins, I was y'all. very happy. And I just... Oh, I, I, I ignored the fact that it, it, it's, it took me out of the scene... And I just remembered how great that movie was for a minute. Also starring Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! 
See, it's funny that you brought that up because I was thinking about this both when I watched the movie in the week since I watched the movie and even while we've been sitting here how I'm going to bring it up eventually but the end of the movie very end uh, the rest of the crew wakes up when they you know rightfully the way they were supposed to with the last couple of months before they made their final approach and Andy Garcia who plays the captain yeah well, I don't know why they bothered casting him because did right. he have like one line how much did that cost you think <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, he's not like Robert Downey Jr., but he's a name. He's not, but yeah, like he's a he's a known quad. <laughs> There's no need to have him be that person because no. he doesn't do anything. Does like, he have a line? He doesn't even have a line, does he? I'm trying to remember. I think I feel like he had one line. Did like, he say something? Literally one. It was like, "Who did this?" Something. Yeah. And he like smiled in wonder. Mm-hmm. Um. But we got. Gus space when he they spaced him when he died. What did they do with the bodies of Jim and Aurora? I would like a second, a second part of this. Maybe like another. I would like to know like who died first and how the other person dealt with that. Did they grief. have a suicide pact? Maybe. Like I don't know. When the I, end times near, let's both it's go not, together. It really isn't important. It's like, not. They, they, they will. They die. Obviously, that's that's clear. Yeah, more than likely. Um, I mean, well, the two of them aren't living another eighty-eight years. They're both in their. 30s, well, who knows? They have clearly. that cool metal medical pod. Maybe that yeah, extended yeah. their lives. That'd be actually really funny. They're just like you know ninety something. They're just like crushing around in this forest that they made in the middle of the ship. Hey, fuckers! Yeah. <laughs> Where are we landing? <laughs> Um, but it was really funny. It's like when I saw when he when they walk out when the crew walks out into the ship. It's not funny. I don't know why I use that word. When the crew <laughs> walks out into the ship, and, noteworthy. It was and noteworthy. You, it wasn't. Yeah, and you see all of the greenery and you see what they've done. You're like, but the first thing that came over me was like, oh, they died, and I wasn't sad. I was just like, ah, oh, like they, like this is like they they lived here. And they lived out their lives. Like, that's what I saw. See, I life. experienced it similarly. The, the thing is, I took it a step further. I'm like, man, they're so happy and thinking it's so cool seeing all those things. Imagine who discovers the body. Or bodies. <laughs> Mine was sweet. Yours went dark. <laughs> well, that was my thought. I was like, you guys are having a great time. One of you is going to open a closet and you're going to find a body. Right. You'll be like, oh, that's who did all of this. And they're no longer alive. Right. Um, which is shitty. Um... I guess Arthur would or, tell them this tale. That's the one thing. They had to have left some really cool video logs of all this stuff, right? Yeah. Which would have been cool would, for the crew to imagine. watch. Arthur, what, was it $6,000 to send an email home? Yes, or something like that. That's another funny no, thing. Wait, no. Just table that. That's my cool thing I want to talk about. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Then. We can talk about some stuff with you, but there's something very that, no, specific. No, that's like the last thing. There's something very specific I want to talk about with that. Fine. But I feel like Arthur's got a good record of what they have. He's probably, you know, people could talk to him like, hey. That's true. Which also reminds me of... That's like a really good point. That would be a really fun way. There's there's multiple possibilities of a sequel in a world where they would never do it. But, like, that would just, that could work. Just, just like, a story time. Yeah. Arthur just telling yeah. how everything happened. <clears throat> um, I like kind, kind of C-3PO in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Like, talking to the Ewoks and giving them the whole thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, with all the sound effects. Um, That's the best part of those stories. I love 
It's such a little thing, but I love when the ship is malfunctioning and Arthur is malfunctioning. The two of them run over and unplug him so he doesn't hurt himself anymore. It was so sweet. Right? It was so endearing. It was really, it was like, you two hated each other three minutes ago until Gus died. You still hate each other, but you realize you need each other. But the one thing you could always bond on, like, oh, I I thought it's Tuesday. It's my day with Arthur. Like, Arthur's tearing himself up. And he can't stop himself. And the two of you stop to make sure that he stops hurting it's, himself. I'm glad you brought Even though up. the ship is exploding around you and you need to Be- fix it. Beautiful scene. Right? Yeah. And, and then, and then the like end, later when she's, when she's fixing him skin, up, like, it's just like, it's heart melting. Definitely. Because I love Arthur. You're like, he's not even a person, but like Michael Sheen makes him almost a person. Yeah. And like, he's just that funny, like wry sense of humor. Like It's great. It's really great. The fact that he was like the only... Like anchor for the two of them when they're at their lowest points mm-hmm. in the stories. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I, I also I did enjoy like the little bit of investigative work they have to do, try to figure out how everything works. Like that was actually a pretty harrowing scene when they go into that room and he moves the thing and it's just open to open space and they're both like she's getting sucked out and he's like using the iPad basically that to was, like yeah, stop that was, it. Like that, was, that nice. was a cool scene. Like and then they do like the. Oh, it shot through this room. It shot through that room. It shot through. Oh, it's the core. Right. right. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Worst possible news. Yep. So, what were you gonna go on? Oh no, no. Like that. I was gonna let you take. I was gonna let you take the hand off there. Like we were talking about the meteor. Like worst possible news. The core was destroying. Like, yeah. Like I thought we were just doing an organic conversation. No, I've got. No, I mean, I've got nothing else other than like. At this point, you—if you're this far into this episode, you've seen the movie. Oh yeah. If not, I'm—I'm I'm surprised why. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I just figure we're kind of doing greatest hits here because, like, we're just kind of remembering the little things that worked for us in this movie. The, you know, it's another good thing. She goes on her jog, right? Which one? Multiple times. Okay. She she jogs throughout the. She does. I thought you were show. talking about one specific. No. Well, I will. I'll get there. But like, it's it's funny. Like they they do that that early on. Like she, you know. The two of them are into fitness in a, in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, they're both fit people. Mm. Um, he's, Hashtag fit life. He's been going to the gym. Like there's there's scenes where he goes to an actual like a pod gym. Was that? Yeah, it was very. I remember subtle. playing basketball. It's a it's a it's a like a, a pulled back shot of a room of, of like a series of rooms that you can go into, and one of them is a gym, and he's I in there. Actually, remember that. But uh, and then she's running through like she she's going on her daily jogs, her daily swims, like whatever that it is. But the, when he realized that he can't get, like, she's not going to listen to him, he takes matters into his own hands and he's like, I'm just going to broadcast this over the PA system. So that like, was a little one that I'll chalk that up to the point of the idea of people who had a problem with the way it was represented. Mm-hmm. That was a little shitty because, like, she definitely needed her space. I don't, I, I agree that she needed her space. Like it's I tough. don't it's think definitely they, a great they, weren't, they weren't clear on how long it had been. True, and they I played think, with timelines. I do think that it was months. Probably, I think it was a very, very long time because we know that he can obviously last a year by himself. We know that like it was not long after that. In theory, the way that like the like that it was shot and seemingly sequenced that Lawrence Fishburne came along, which seems like it was another year after that. So it was like that's what I was saying. So it seemed like it's a it, year it's, and a it's year. It's confusing. But I would I would assume that it was a extended period of time crossed, like went by, and he was he was so consumed. Yeah, by it wasn't this a week that he felt that he he regardless he does not care if she forgives him. 
Like she, he's actually he welcomes it if she does not, but he needs to say his piece. Yeah, and he needs to apologize because there's no chance. There's no chance for reconciliation, and there's no chance even for her to reconcile with herself unless she hears his whole story. Right, and he tell it's the only way that he's able to tell it to her, and she screams back at him from the balcony. I'm like, yeah. Like in this moment, you're like you're like really siding with her, like like you're like yeah, totally. like I get it, like that I 100 percent agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I'd be like I've been trying to avoid you, and oh, you're just gonna get on the loudspeaker where I can't avoid you. No, fuck you. Which is basically what she says. That's and what it's, I'm saying. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, ah, oh, that was a, that was that scene was intense. There's there's a lot of really good. I found myself getting emotional watching this movie at different times and. I, it's it is very much a credit to the actors in the film. Yeah, and, and and the people behind the camera as well. I mean, like, you can't have a movie like this where, like, when when you talk about scenes or see, like a scene or scenes where, like, you really feel something, it's never just the writing and direction. It's never just the acting. It's got to be all of them together, mm-hmm. right? Because it just doesn't work if it's not all of it coming together in kind of a perfect harmony. Yeah. Um. But you're right, they're the face on that connection point that you have. And they did a really good job of it. I would, uh, whoever was like the casting director, like, uh, like I just... I've never taken too much note of all this. Round but, uh, of applause to you, it, whatever hand you had in this. Because, like, the, the, I don't know how they gauge the chemistry between the actors beforehand or not, but... It seems as if they did some research. I mean, like it, you can so clearly think, oh, like they picked two blockbuster hits out of a hat, right, and like mash them together for this movie. But I don't think that was the case. I think they actually. It just. So, I feel like it's more like they they thought of people that can go together. They auditioned these people, and they just so happened to be blockbuster hit people. It's so hard to tell though because like you've seen examples of movies where people who were real-life romantically linked who have zero on-screen chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have situations where people had no history working together and they have tremendous chemistry together. Right. You have people who you see a movie and like, wow, they have great chemistry together, and then they go on to work on four or five movies together. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Like, yeah, like it was like, if I saw that movie and I was making a movie, I'd be like, yeah, I need both of them because they can totally pull this off together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's no... It's one of like the truest way. Like, you just can't do the math on it. Like, it you either have it or you don't. There's no way you can say, "Oh, this person's quirky and whatever," and this person is like whatever personality. There's no way you can like distill that down into a crucible and figure out these two people are definitely gonna have chemistry. Right. Because it's funny you hear some of the stories about the making of The Force Awakens and. Finn and Ray have really good chemistry on screen. But if you hear... And this, they only released this stuff after the movie came out. J.J. Abrams said the two of them had no chemistry when they first started making the movie. And they only figured it all out when Harrison Ford broke his leg. When really? the Millennium Falcon door <laughs> fell on him. And J.J. Abrams broke his, literally broke his back in that whole situation. You, you know that whole story, right? Um, they were shooting a scene, and the Millennium Falcon yeah. door crushed Harrison Ford's foot or ankle and broke it. And they couldn't get the door to open, and J.J. Abrams ran to go help him, 
and they were trying to pry the door open, and he like fractured a vertebra or something like that. Oh my that. god! And they I didn't know that they didn't shoot for like two months because Harrison Ford was badly injured. James was he's badly injured. Director. And he's like, even at that point, he said like it was like a blessing in disguise because at that point things were really bad. Not that like they didn't get along, but like. They just weren't working on screen, and he rewrote a ton of shit, and they worked on it, just worked on reading it and doing it together, and then you come out on the other side, and it's like, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are great on screen together. Yeah. But he said that was absolutely not the That's case. That's funny. I love that. Right? That's great. See, like, you even have, like, a, like, like that's what I'm saying, like, you can't do the math. Because yeah. he's like, for whatever reason, they picked the two of them because they thought both of them were rising stars. Because both of them had not been in anything or hardly anything at the time. And you start doing it and they don't work at all. And how many movies have we seen where it's like, oh, there's these two big stars. And you watch a movie and it's like, they're both wooden on screen. Mm-hmm. That they actually had that, but somehow still managed to fix it and get it right in right, the end. Right. Right? Like, that's a, like, like, how do you do the math on that? You can't. Mm. It's impossible. That's funny. Yeah. And this is like the, I mean, in this scenario, you're getting, you're getting A-list where the chemistry works, it's like a perfect storm, <laughs> yeah. which is it's kind of funny. Um, did you have any? It sounded like you had uh, something else at least that you wanted. There's to There's one thing about. specifically. It's a little thing. Yeah, hit me. something I just kind of found funny. Um, I wanted is more. I mean, if there's any other idea that you come up with, I have, we my, can talk about it. But I just wanted to be have been clear off the, the board. So okay, so <clears throat> we got into a little bit the idea of that it would take 56 or years or whatever, 60 years, or whatever it was. 50-something years for a message to get back. Oh, right, yeah. Once um, Jim sends for that back the message out. Yeah, well, I, this is the thing that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to take it like the slightest tangent because we kind of like... The, uh, we love the idea of this like this new frontier where we're sending it out. Actually, we didn't talk about... Sorry, I'm putting that on hold because there's a couple other things I'm realizing. There was I had thought about it, but I didn't have a note on it. This Her st- actual... Aurora's actual story what he fell in love with on the computer and when they start talking when she first wakes up. The idea that she was a journalist who goes on this 120-year journey to a different planet at the time that that's what travel looks like. And I was experiencing this movie in the way it came out. It reminded me so much of Mass Effect Andromeda, which I know I've brought up a bunch, where like that one, they get into a ship and they travel for 600 years. Uh, in cryo the exact same way and they're in a new galaxy so everyone they ever knew was dead right um and the same same thing with this right you travel for 120 years and everyone you know is dead she's gonna spend a year or two on this colony planet writing everyone's stories then she's gonna go back in cryo and travel back for 120 years so we're talking about 240 plus years that she'll have yeah and then she's gonna tell her story She's going to be the first person to ever go to one of these colonies and comes back. Right? That's a fascinating story. Like, like... Well, I remember when I was watching, I was like, holy shit, that's a ballsy fucking move. And it was kind of heartbreaking when you watch it. Like, he was watching the video of her friends, like, sending the oh, goodbye yeah. video. She was, yeah. She was watching her videos that were sent to her. Was she watching it? Yeah. I thought it was him watching it. Either way. Yeah. Um... Because it's like she's gonna kind of go through that twice. Like she's gonna make more friends doing this story for a year or two, and then she's gonna go back again, and she's not gonna right. see any of them. Uh, and on the one hand, it's like that wow. is heartbreaking, right? Yeah. <coughs> uh, like like the one like with the girl, the the one girl, like her friend was saying, 
I don't know why you feel like you have to do this, but because you have people who love you. But mm-hmm. like, I get it. It's like, wow, like that's. It was kind of sweet that video, right? Yeah, but it, sad, really sad. But mm-hmm. the point is, like, like that is really cool. Like, oh, you get to go back to Earth 240 years later and see, like, what the fuck has changed. Mm. Like, that's cool shit. Um, like, it's a good, big catch-up, but it's like, holy crap. And you are going to be the focus of so much, like, oh, my God, someone is, like, what are, like, what are these things that you, like, that you notice that are new? What Tell us something about 240 years ago. Tell right. us about this colony that, we, like, we hear about and, like, occasionally we see videos from, but it's, like... 60 years ago right, like, you know, you we haven't talked to anyone there it's like we just like see videos from them and we send them videos occasionally that's cool shit and what it made me think of um, was when he sends the, the video when he's in his first initial panic and he sends a video to them he records it and it's like you know what do I do <coughs> I was hoping greedily because we don't necessarily deserve it but how cool would it be to have had a post-credit thing or an epilogue thing. Yes, okay, so I'm glad you said that. Where it's... They could have showed it to us. It, it could have been short. Yeah. Um, and I'm envisioning it being him as a very old man in makeup. Maybe in like the way in Mr. Nobody where he's got the yeah. old like stuff like old Nemo does. And <clears throat> he's sitting there watching the video from someone saying, Oh my god! We have no idea how this happened, and by the time you're getting this video, there's nothing you can do. But if by some chance you're still alive and still want to do it, this is what you got to do right. to get it to work. And I'm just picturing him sitting there, watching it, having a wry smile, and then he clicks off the monitor and walks away. Yeah, oh, beautiful. Right. Love it. How fucking cool would that, that have been? And that's something yeah. I thought of like kind of in the past couple days. Is like as we were thinking about this, knowing that we were going to do this like this this topic for an episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, that would have been a fucking awesome send-off to this. On on that exact topic, I what I was thinking of throughout this movie and like when it ended, it's like, if this movie or IP was in the wrong hands, the, I feel, and I say the wrong hands because I feel like sequels are a mistake in a lot of scenarios. Uh, sequels and trilogies don't always work. They almost, in a lot of cases, don't work. They, well, get, one they thing, get worse they and work, worse. They work better when it's planned ahead of time. That's true. Um, but if it's like, oh, like, okay, we made a shit ton of money, let's make another one, that's not going to work. But the, here's scenarios where it could work, and then I thought I started thinking deeper and deeper into a post-credit scene, similar to what you're talking about, which is funny that you brought that up. So I thought a couple of things could have happened. They could either, like, oh, like if there's something like, I don't know, like Warner Brothers or somebody, and maybe the movie raked in a shit ton of cash, like they would do, like, oh, like they'd do a sequel, and then it's like, maybe they had kids. Right, a, a really artsy version of this would be, it's the four months when the ship is headed to the planet, and Arthur is retelling their tale over the years that you didn't see. Yeah, that be- would be beautiful, or like, like there's, there's a number of different ways they can go, and I don't want them to because I love I love the beauty of that last scene where like, where you have like this peaceful meadow. It's almost like a heaven. State that they were in, Garden of Eden, which is probably where which they died. brings back right, to the Adam, and, Adam Eve. and Eve. Yeah, which is kind of I lo- I really do enjoy that. I love where that I love the way that the, the, the whole movie played out, and I think that adding more could, if not done properly, would cheapen it. And that's that that is the case in a lot of scenarios. Um, but the so go, like if you 
if you you could do it in this in in some ways if you like like played it to a T like it just had it just right maybe just a little tease a sequel would never work no but I, an after credit scene could be something really a, a nice little a nice little touch what you said works like that's exactly what I'm talking about like or even like even, like even expand on it slightly like even better than just the hitting it off and like walking away like I could just see him cutting it off and like sending them back a message and saying you know. Guys, I figured it out. It was great. And, like, sending it to them. Yeah. Like, let them know everything's okay. Because, like we said, there is a whole situation where those for those four months, instead of reading orientation materials, these people are watching videos that they left behind and reading what they left behind. Right. Because writer, like, figuring out what happened mm-hmm. over the last 90 years. That, that, I don't need to see another movie about it. Like, maybe it was, like... Maybe it's like a twenty-minute short they made or something. That'd be cool, yeah. right? Like, well, like uh, you mentioned the right, like you know, maybe something she wrote. Uh, just a, a scene that we didn't touch on when he made her the the Chrysler building. That was cool. That was just that was one of those things that like Ugh. every every <laughs> every man and woman doesn't even have to be just yeah. man. Like every man and woman who has or does love someone and like is in a relationship, yeah. it's like I I need to find. My version of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> for my significant other, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh, one of those things. It's like hopelessly romantic that it's like. It, it was. It's that. a. It's a beautiful scene. It's really great. Um, this movie was excellent. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, against the weird crap leading into me ending up actually seeing it, I ended up enjoying it yeah. a pretty good amount. Do you have any other closing thoughts? Um. Or topics? I've been noticing a lot of times in the hours and maybe a day or so after we finish recording, I'm like, fuck, that's something I should have brought up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I kind of forgot about that, but no, this was was a good episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. To my own horn here. Our own horn here. That was a good episode. We had a nice combo there. Yeah. Hey, and also, if we forget something, we could totally bring it up at the beginning of the next week. (laughs) True. (laughs) Totally worth it. Um, so that's it for this week's Flicks in a Six. Check out uh, Spintune.com each week for a new episode and random article. As I mentioned last week, you don't ask for them, but damn it. We do them. We're going to keep delivering them. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>